On this episode, we are talking about mental health for the employee in the business world. We are talking with Samantha Ricks, an HR business partner for a global tech company. I'm John Hitchens, and this is Hope and Resilience, a Hisville Homes podcast on the TQI network. Each episode, we attempt to tear down the barriers to mental health, create and inspire a movement of change of how we do mental health and be the change agent to how we see, understand, and respond to those who struggle with mental health conditions. Welcome to the Hope and Resilience podcast. I'm John Hitchens, and today we're going to be talking to Samantha Ricks. And uh, Samantha, I really appreciate you coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, what I'd like to do at first is just kind of go over uh, some uh, LinkedIn uh, stuff that I have on you, and then we can discuss that and hopefully yeah. uh, get some ideas of what you uh, really do. So what it says on uh, LinkedIn is that you're a global human resource business partner for, and then hopefully I'll get this right, Hitachi Venture. Is that how you actually, okay. And that you have a uh, proven track record of successful human resource programs and execution. You're a strategic thinker with the ability to execute results while building relationships at all levels of an organization. And you have a proven success at introducing process improvements, staff development, and initiatives while maintaining positive and supportive relationships with employees. So now that I read all that, can you break that up a little bit and let me know, help me understand what you really do so that people out there know really what a, even an HR specialist at, does and who you are, okay? Good question. So if you break it down, uh, there's lots of different, I'd say, roles and categories in HR, right? And I feel that there's always maybe a perception that HR, you either go to them if there's an issue or you're getting fired or something along those lines, right? Um, but yeah, all the reality, good stuff. I, yeah, all the, all the fun activities of employment. Um, but in reality, I think as an HR business partner, what we really get to do is in short, quick summary, sit with the business leaders, come alongside the business, um, and really understand what the needs of the business are, right? And so you have to understand if you're supporting a sales leader, what are their pain points? What works well for them? What do they need in the business? And then how does that equate to kind of the strategy we take around um, talent and partnering with, you know, maybe hiring and decisions made around who we hire and how we hire? Um, you know, where do we need to have people located across the globe to successfully carry out what we're trying to achieve? Um, and then the other flip side of that role is how do we also help enable, mentor, and coach the managers to be good leaders to the employees? And then if employee stuff comes up, right, because it's always there. So the, you know, employee relations, concerns, um, how do we provide development and learning and growth for our employees? Those are all of the fun things I get to kind of touch on at any given point in my day. Wow. I mean, that is amazing. I mean, that's a lot of different uh, categories. It's a lot of different, uh, to me, uh, skill sets and abilities that you need to have, plus all the different regulations, government and otherwise that go with trying to do that. And to me, that I don't even know how you keep up with all that, but I need to, again, apologize right off because I, when I read that, I left off a couple of uh, categories that I should have added. I actually know your husband, uh, Rob Blossie, yep. and uh, I yep. know him through the famous Rob at Desk podcast. And so I also should have on there Saint 
and at least maybe up to the angel category. I don't know, but I understand what you uh, what you go through each day, probably at work and at home. So I'm just impressed all the way around. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate it. Although I don't know, I think you might have the, the better patience of the two of us for sure. Wow. So, okay. Wow. That's yeah. Man, you're, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's go over that. Uh, so you do that. What What is a normal day? Like of all that stuff you said, what does a normal day look like for you? What do you, what do you see you doing most, or is there a breakup, or is every day yeah. totally different with that much going on? So I would love to say there's a normal day, and then I've figured out the one thing I think sometimes I actually enjoy about my job. Um, although my husband may say differently sometimes, but um, no day is the same. In all honesty, right? You kind of walk in and you have different teams with different needs, and so I can have a day of best laid plans, right? Where maybe it's some focused work, some support work of what we're trying to achieve or put something together, and then we have a big issue happen, right? And it's okay. kind of like, well, guess that's going to supersede, and we're jumping in on that. So. I don't think it's a, I don't call it ever a normal day, but I think normal in the sense of, you know, you're going to come in, you're going to meet with your leaders um, you're going to have some discussions. You're going to hopefully be able to do some focused strategic work to support the business. Um, and then there's always some of the firefighting that might happen, but yeah. I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, it ebbs and flows depending on what's going on. Well, I mean, that's it, sure. to me exciting. It's never the same. That's what I loved about when I flew is every day you went up and you, yes, you flew airplanes, but mm -hmm. every time you met someone, the weather was different, the sky is different, the airplane performed better. And guess what? I, I may not have got enough sleep, so I didn't do as well either. So that makes an exciting yep. day for how it turns yep. out. But uh, of all that, what do you think you love to do most of your job? What, what, what really is the part that you go, I could do this always, all the time? I think I really like to be able to do um, just coming alongside leaders and helping coach them, right? It is one of the things I think is that we make an assumption um, that every program or criteria that someone's been educated or told how to do something works for every person, right? And I think for what I get excited about and what I love most is how do we look at how we help support and enable uh, the business and the employees? I call it like the win-win outcome, right? Yeah. So how do we support and enable both sides? Um, and how do we do that in a positive way? And I think you have to remember uh, you're dealing with people, right? And so yeah. no person is exactly the same. So what works for one of your team members may not work for another. So helping leaders really kind of think through that. And then if you think through that piece well and we you know, learn how to lead well, um, the, the results you can have trickle into the business. So yeah. I really like helping do some of the the more thought coaching and, you know, leadership development. I yeah. And I think that's amazing because you're always helping people. You're giving them new things, better ways to do things and how to interact with each other, both the company and employees. So that's pretty cool. So with his homes, we're obviously uh, based on our title and our mission, we're really interested in mental health. And so today I'd like to delve into that a little bit as far as uh, HR and mental health. Can you kind of give us a, a picture of the things that you do as far as what HR were they delve into the mental health side of your job? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think it's something that I would say is probably more and more of um, the front lines and a focus for employers, right? I think especially over, gosh, what, the last two and a half years um, into year three, I guess, really of kind of the pandemic um, and just things happening in the world, right? Of lots of changes and how do we, how do we navigate those changes and what does that look like? Um, and I think at the cusp of that is, 
mental health, right? And how do we try and remove some of the stigma associated with it? Um, I think that's a big thing, right? Is a lot of times it's, oh, they just need to, you know, get over it or they'll move on or you have to leave life outside and close the door. And when you come in, it's all work, right? And the reality is, is that doesn't work. Again, more humans. It's very hard if stuff isn't going great outside of the four walls of your home office or in office to be able to then turn around and say, Hey, I'm, I'm hundred percent here. Right. Um, and so I think it's, how do we remove some of the, the, the old ways of thinking through that a little bit? And how do we shed light on the importance of people being able to get help if they need help? Um, and what does that look like? So I think that there's multiple ways companies can address that. And I think, again, it probably depends on, you know, size of the organization, um, you know, how, how close knit is an organization, right? So at a larger global company that I've uh, been fortunate to work at, there's the challenge of you won't know every employee and all of your teams, right? Um, in the sense of from an HR and business perspective, but can we help give programs and make people be aware of programs that could support mental health should they need it? So I think that's one is having programs available. Um, well, first and foremost, changing the stigma. Then secondly, having programs to support and enable uh, employees. And then the other most important part of that is, again, how do you coach and enable managers to make sure, um, you know, when you're having a conversation like you and I are, how are you? Like, how's your day going? And genuinely caring about some of the human side of the things versus jumping into tactical execution when you have conversations with employees. Even just that little switch can be huge for people. Um, and so how do we, you know, continue to focus on that and bring light to it and do campaigns around mental health awareness month? Um, I think those are big for employers right now. Yeah. I'm amazed what you just did, uh, for his homes. We, uh, you, you hit on almost every barrier that we talk about, we call it shack. And so we talk about, uh, shack stands for stigma, uh, which obviously is what some of the stuff you talked about. An employee comes in and goes, Oh my gosh, I've, I have a problem. How am I going to tell them or what's going to happen? So stigma is huge. And then housing, they, that's one of the biggest and most expensive problems and the hardest to deal with. But then you, you mm-hmm. talked about aloneness that you guys walk through with your employees. You talked about, uh, the, uh, actually, uh, not, or the care that goes on, what your programs are. And that's maybe what I want to ask you next. What kind of programs do you have? What's available? And then the knowledge of, I think it's awesome that you guys do that as far as let your employees know you know, that that is available. I mean, that's a huge part. If you don't know, you you can't take advantage of it. So what are some of the programs that your company has, or maybe even ones you suggest other companies have that really uh, speak to the mental health side of it? Because if I go in there and I'm having a problem, I want to know that before I go talk to you, that what you're going to say basically, as far as what help you have for me. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think first and foremost too, it also has to start with, um, what I'll call maybe just the openness and open door policy to be able to raise those questions, right? So um, again, the understanding and the view from the employer of this is something we want to make sure we support our employees with. So I think that's important from a a program perspective. I don't know if it's a program, but it's a cultural component, right, of the awareness. So I think that's the number one important thing. Um, And then I think from there, Employers can do lots of different programs. Um, you know, there's a lot around employee assistance programs where a lot of times that may be hof- offered with a group health benefit where you may be able to call and get free sessions of counseling um, up to a certain number, depending on what's agreed upon with the employer and that third party vendor that helps support that. 
Um, so I think that's a very easy program that employers a lot of times is mostly commonplace when offering group benefit plans to, yeah. to their team. Um, so I think that's a great option. I think then it's also, um, you know, there's a big push around different what I'll call like resource groups for employees today. So I know we have like a veterans group. We have, um, you know, an employee wellness group. Right. So a lot of times mental uh, awareness and mental health falls into that group. So they'll do specific programs and campaigns where um, I know they will bring in specialists to talk about and do, you know, a, a live presentation and then make sure it's recorded and shared out across the company around um, mental health and, you know, the importance of, you know, things like taking a break in the middle of the day, um, you know, getting up and moving, ha- reaching out and having, you know, a connective group. So even if we are remote, even reaching out to your peers and your friends, taking those five minute coffee side chats versus just plugging away, um, raising awareness about that, I think is really big. And then it depends again on the size of the organization, but um, there are actually some organizations who have what I'll call much more corporate psychologists available to employees um, where they may sit, you know, maybe on site or come on site a couple days a week and people can make appointments to meet with them. So I think there's more and more becoming available as far as programs and resources than there used to be. Yeah, my my office was always at about thirty thousand feet, so they didn't have that psychologist coming in at all. I don't know what they were thinking, but they, they really did. I just want to take a quick break from our conversation with Samantha to let you know that if you're struggling with mental health and need help, or you have a loved one struggling, or you're an advocate fighting for both, and you want to be part of our movement by being a mental health warrior, join our community at HisWillHomes.org. In each case, you're a mental health warrior because you're fighting a battle every day. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Let's rejoin our conversation with human resource business partner, Samantha Ricks. That they actually have programs on on your your campus, basically, that people will come in. I think that's phenomenal. So do you see employees taking advantage of those things that you have? Yeah, so I think it depends. Um, Yes, I think you do see employees take advantage of it, right? And I think there's other... The other part of some of that is there's the confidentiality side, right, as well, which is equally important so that if an employee comes to like myself or their leader, right, that we all know how do we refer them to the right potential space, the right resources and help give them the tools um, and then obviously check in. But then that that's not broadly, you know, shared across teams, right, yeah. to say, hey, this person, you know, no, we, the, that's not the point. So um, not that it's done um, in the secretive. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe they're, you know, this is hush hush way, but in a way that's done respectfully, right? So that um, the employee then feels more comfortable and secure to take care of what they need to take care of. And, you know, that's themselves. And if you have employees who are taking care of themselves and feeling good, naturally, selfishly, maybe on the other side, right, as the business, you get better output. Yeah. So how do you guys uh, deal with that? I mean, you, you want to be empathetic. But you, yeah. you also have HIPAA that you got to worry about and where you cross the line. How do you know where that line is with it with you guys? Do you have you have a how do you figure that out? I guess is the question. Yeah, I think that's always the unique one. Right. And the coaching we offer is um, from kind of like the disclosure perspective. Right. So 
if the employee is coming to you and disclosing it openly, right, and it's not you saying you need to tell me these things and putting them in a position, it's much different um, from the employee divulging the information than us trying to get the information, right? And so yeah. we kind of lead from that perspective. Um, but at the same time, right, if a leader knows their team well and knows something is off, I think it's also okay to ask to the employee, right, and say, hey, I just noticed you seem a little off. Is everything okay? Again, you're not forcing it, but you're giving them the opportunity to. Um, to do, yeah, see that? And then, yeah. Yeah, so I was just, that's the other thing I was going to say. So you have the, the employee perspective where he may feel like something or she feels like something's going on. And yeah. so she doesn't know to come to you and what you're going to do and how's that going to happen. Is she going to get fired, furloughed, how she's going to be treated? And then the, is the other aspect is you guys recognize the supervisor goes, Sally's or Joe's not doing too well the last couple of days. I've seen something going on. And then does the supervisor take that on or do they immediately try to bring it to you first? Or is it a, a, a just a supervisor making the decision of where to go with it and the training they get for that, I guess. Yeah, it kind of depends, right? I think each situation is different. And um, we obviously try and coach and equip our leaders with, you know, here are the options available. Here's how you can handle these conversations. Um, but more importantly, some people are not as comfortable with some of those conversations, right? And so it is a, hey, if you have someone who needs to reach out and has questions or wants to understand something, um, we actually have what I'll call a support team where they can submit a ticket and it's kind of under that category and it gets assigned or I always have the manager say if they're, they're comfortable, they can always reach directly out to me and I can kind of point them in the right direction of what resources we have available for them, right? And so I think it's dependent on probably the the players in the team, if you will. Um, You know, leaders who've had longer relationships and more rapport with their team, it's a lot easier for them to kind of take and drive. If you're a newer manager that's just started and you don't know your team as well, but they come with a concern, um, it may be more likely that we partner together to help support. Yeah, it's amazing that you can be flexible because like you've talked about, obviously you care about these people. uh, So really the thing is finding what fits for them. And so I think obviously you guys have a lot of programs and different things. So that's phenomenal. Something that a lot of people talk about is that COVID has changed everything and everybody's still talking about it, still changing things. So for you, how do you see, like, I know there's some technology things with Zoom. Are you, how are you using that? Are you guys working from home? And then how do you see whether they're struggling from the Zoom call or, you know what I'm saying? So how does technology and uh, uh, COVID change how you're going to do this or how you're doing this? Yeah. Yeah, it's unique because I think we're all still, we've learned a lot. I still think there's things we probably all could be better at um, as we continue to figure out the world of video conference and connection. Um, I would say what I've observed is it is it is more challenging, right? You're not sitting face-to-face across someone and reading body language as easily. Um, but a big thing that we really advocate for is using video where you can and where it makes sense. Um, because you do get to see faces and reactions in which you may pick up on certain things, right? So where you can always in favor of it, but also understand we're on, we're on conference video calls all day. So there's also the video fatigue. That's a very real thing. Um, so also honoring if someone's like, you know what? I don't want to do that today. Totally fine. Um, so I think that it changed in the sense of you may not sit next to one another, but what it does force is 
you have to be better at making the connections and making them meaningful um, because you're not getting just the the office walking by one another quick moments. Um, so you need to, you know, hopefully really make the discussions and the time you do have with the, your teams meaningful. Um, and I think it's also, I would use this example. My boss is uh, great and she did something the other morning. It was after the unfortunate shooting down at the school in Texas. Um, and we had a team call first thing in the morning and she kind of just let us all have a moment to process. Right. And she actually brought it up and was like, you know, we get up every morning, we turn on this video, um, and we kind of just start going about our day. Right. And pretend not pretend, but just work through, right. That it's like, okay, we're going to just get things done. And she actually said, she was like, I just want us to like acknowledge that there's a lot and there's been a lot. And so having, I think leaders like her also be willing to say that to a team is huge. Um, you know, we're again, we're still humans. We're not robots um, working and processing through things. So again, I think that's an example of how do you coach leaders to have those moments? Because in that moment, I think in the team, it was like a collective sigh of um, relief that we acknowledged it and we're okay to have feelings of multiple things across the spectrum and no one's sitting here being judged for it. Um, and then she encouraged us to take, you know, she's like, cancel a meeting if you need to take 30 minutes or 60 minutes today um, and go talk to the people that are at your house or your, you know, text your loved ones and tell them how much you mean, you know, they mean to you. So I think we're, I think people are getting better and more comfortable with that type of conversation. And obviously each team is different, but where people can do that, I think it's hugely beneficial from a, a remote perspective. Yeah. I think that, uh, what you just said is phenomenal. And, and I think, um, today based on COVID, um, the whole thing of mental health that we try to the stigma and the way it's been shoved and pushed and nobody talks about it. I think COVID of all the things that they have done, and as far as I've seen, one of the most positive things is allowing mental health to be talked about. And so we think that's critical. And like you said, it, it really comes from the top down, I believe, like you were talking about that your company trains, they talk about it, they allow that process to happen, which is important. So I think that's phenomenal what you guys are doing. It's amazing. I don't think you get that everywhere, but I think it's starting to change where you can. So that you guys, I think, are out on the forefront of things. So let's talk a little bit about technology. We talked about Zoom. I, I was playing around with some different apps and they have all kind of apps and stuff of check your health and well-being and all that stuff. Are you guys bringing that kind of technology in yet? Or is that something you encourage your employees to do on your own? Or do you like pay for an app or anything? What are you, what are you guys doing with technology as far as mental health, being able to check it or look at it and make sure the employee's okay? Yeah, I think that's a great, great question. And I think it's something that more and more organizations can leverage and should leverage because I agree with you. There's a ton of apps out there, right? I can think of a couple and not that I'm, you know, pushing them, but like the Calm app, right? Or um, different resources like that where maybe it gives you the breathing and meditation or refocus type of options um, throughout the day. And so I do know organizations who offer um, reimbursement right? So you may purchase that as an employee and then submit an expense um, or they have a membership and you just log in under like the company, you know, name and you can join that way. So I do think there are more and more of those key relationships from apps like that where people can get benefits um, in that sense. We also have seen a big push, obviously, before COVID and even now with COVID on like telehealth and like doing those type of sessions as well, um, where companies are trying to provide um, those type of sessions from an application perspective. So it's not having to be in person. 
So I think those are, are there that people leverage and utilize. And there's another couple of thoughts around just, um, yeah, like whether it's reimbursement partnerships, um, and again, just being able to give different options is huge, right? Cause some people might like one app or, or not. Um, and we actually do a program. It's kind of like our employee wellness or, um, benefit, if you will, where you can expense a certain, um, dollar amount per year on any type of wellness. And so that could be, you know, you get a new workout, um, you know, bike, or you use it to do uh, therapy sessions or wellness sessions. Um, so I think, again, it's how, what different avenues can you give to employees um, to leverage for themselves? And then how do we advocate the importance of them and demonstrate that for employees as well? Yeah, it's, that, it sounds like you guys have a complete program because when we talk about mental health, everything that you just said there, you guys seem to be bringing into the business world, which, you know, we think about it. Everybody talks about, well, yeah, I, I'm, I go home, but you spend a great deal of time at work. And so it's, it's great that we can maybe start having wraparound services everywhere they go that we support mm -hmm. mental health because it's important and critical. Uh, as an employee listening out there, we've talked about a lot of subjects. I, I, I probably haven't covered all of it for sure. So what, so what would you say there's to an employee out there that maybe we've missed or something that I haven't asked you that you'd like to tell employees about what you do or mental health and how that works in the business world? Yeah, I think it goes back to, um, that's it. It's the, I think to the point of where I'm removing the stigma. Right. And I think the biggest thing we have to do is sometimes you have to be your own advocate. Right. And, um, you know, maybe you are an employee who has really worked through some of those challenges and you don't see some of those uh, cultural beliefs or um, enablement and support given from your employer. I think if you could be an advocate and go to, you know, if you feel comfortable or have someone in leadership or again, human resources, right? That's kind of what we help support and be a representative of. I think being, you know, willing to take the the risk to say, hey, we should think about these things. Um, don't be afraid, I think, to ask for some of them, right? I think it's it's hard and it's maybe the uncomfortable thing, but I don't think we'll get some of the change unless, you know, employees advocate for that and ask for that. And I think, um, you know, yes, it's more at the forefront, more employers are looking at the importance of it, but not, you know, not everybody does. So I think in those cases, I would encourage employees to, you know, whether it's a group of you together, however that looks, but um, be brave and, you know, raise it so that, you know, there are potentially other people that could benefit from. from that. Yeah, that, that's all amazing. And that's I think that's a key with almost everything that we talk about as well. We try to push people to be advocates because if you're advocate, it, some people don't have anybody else. So you got to be an advocate for yourself. So speaking up and feeling comfortable, like you said, it may be difficult, but I think like this, when you have a company like yours, it's amazing how they can wrap their arms around you and help you to solve any of those issues that you're, you're, you're going through. Uh, that kind of wraps it up, but I got probably the most important question of the day. Okay. So this is going to okay. be hard, but have you seen okay. Top Gun, the movie Top Gun? I, the old, the original no, no. or the new? I'm sorry. I should have been specific. The new one. I mean, the old one's phenomenal, but have you seen the, the new one? No. The, and you know? okay, hopefully so, Rob and I were talking about, we need to go see it. Okay. Before you go there, okay. when you go into that theater, I'm pretty sure they're going to ask you this very critical question. Okay. So okay. what is your call sign? Okay. So to be in the in group, you've got to have a call sign or you just, you're just not, you just don't have it. So, Perfect. Today, you're going to get announced to the world. 
what you okay. think your call sign should be. Okay. Do you have okay. one yet? Take a few minutes. No. All right. So mine is a very easy one. It's just my name, Hitch. Now there's other ones that get put on people because of the web, you know, something silly they've done or something crazy they do. So yeah. do you, have you, I gave you a few seconds there. That was a tough one because it's right off the cuff, but. Can it be like sassy? I think I do sassy. <laughs> Yes, I do that. It could be anything, ma'am. <laughs> it's got. A, this is a family show, though. Okay, so it's <laughs> keep it GPG. Got it. I'm thinking it's sassy. No, I like sassy. So sassy, you like sassy? Okay, so I'm going like sassy zero one. Here she is. All right, Samantha. Go. I loved it. Uh, we. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal, and I really appreciate you being here today. And it was just yeah. a lot of fun, and I think I learned yeah. a lot, so I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me and uh, I wish you a, a great weekend ahead. Yeah, you too. You take care. Bye. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Sassy Zero One, Samantha, helped us learn employers have significant resources to help when we have struggles with our mental health. The HR department is willing and able to walk with us through the entire process. And the programs they have are phenomenal. And losing your job, once you tell them you are struggling, it's actually the key to keeping your job when you are having trouble. So please, stop in the friendly HR department and let them know how you're doing. Thanks for listening.